Welcome one, welcome all. We are going to have fun. We are kicking off a new series today entitled, It Shall Come to Pass. We're going to talk a little bit about what the Bible says is going to come to pass, which is a lot of fun. Um, and some people hear that and they're like, yeah, other people hear that and they go, and they kind of freak out. There's very different responses when you begin to talk about Bible prophecy, when you begin to talk about the book of Revelations, when you talk about these different things. Some people are excited, some people are nervous. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18, <clears throat> kind of gives us a little glimpse at how it should affect us. It says, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. He goes through and says, all right, there's this, this is what's coming, that, that those that are still alive are going to get caught up with him, that Jesus is returning, and he, as he's talking about these things, he goes, encourage each other with these words. He goes, these things should produce excitement and encouragement inside you. If they don't, you're missing something. You don't understand that which is coming to pass. Um, I have, a lot of you guys know my little guys. I have, uh, I technically I have three little guys now, Beniah, Ezekiel, and probably Titus. Um, well, he's not born yet, so we can still change his name if we want. But, the, so, we're, we're having fun, but is getting a little bit older. He's beginning to understand some things. He remembered that last Christmas was fun, and so we're talking to him about when the baby's going to come, because he's asking, you know, when does, when's he going to come out, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's not going to be for a long time. Well, what's a long time? Not until after it snows. Then the baby's going to come? No, after it snows, then will come Christmas. Oh, yeah, Christmas! And then what? Well, then will probably come your birthday, and then will come the baby. Okay, okay, okay. And so he's getting this, and he'll, he'll like, ask all the time, well, well then it's going to snow, then it's going to be Christmas, then it's going to be my birthday, and then it's going to be a baby! And he'll get all excited. Well, Friday morning, I was out hunting, and it snowed. We were up north. Some of you guys down here, like, oh, it snowed. Like, yeah, it was like that warning shot, like, hello, winter is coming. Like, whoa. Um, and I was out in my tree, and it's snowing, and there was like 30-mile-hour wind, and it was kind of cold, um, really cold. And so I come inside, and Beniah looks at me when I get in there, and he's like, Lad, look, look out, it's snowing. It's Christmas. Like, no, it's not Christmas yet. Um, but he was all excited because the snow means that Christmas is coming. Because to him, these are signs that things are about to come to pass. He's like, snow means Christmas. Christmas means closer to birthday. Birthday means close to baby. And these are all like the signs of the coming baby. And these are the signs of Christmas, which is loads of fun. These are the signs. And so when he sees one of the signs, he does not just see it as Burr, it's so cold we can't just go out and play and the snow is too wet to actually build anything. And he sees it as this snow means I am closer to Christmas. This snow means it's getting close to my birthday. This snow means it's getting closer to the baby coming. Because these are the signs that we were able to point out that he could see and recognize so that he could recognize the time. 
But a lot of times, if, if we don't have a full image of what's coming, we can get discouraged instead of being encouraged at the signs. Is there anybody who doesn't like snow? I figured I could find at least one person. Is it any of you guys because your parents make you shovel it? Is that, you know, like, anyone? Right. Yeah, there he is in the back, a couple of the guys. Um, now, a lot of you guys hear snow and you're like, ugh, ugh. But what if someone was to walk up to you? And I'm not doing this because I don't have the money just to give. But someone was to walk up to you and go, I have something for you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 10 grand. Like, sweet. And they go, but not now. It'll be at a time near a holiday. It'll be at a time when you're not in school. And it'll be at a time when there's snow. Okay. How would you feel when it started to snow? Excited, but you don't like snow. But how would you feel? Excited. Why? Ten grand. <laughs> no, like, because all of a sudden it disconnects from the fact that, hey, look, there's snow falling and I don't like it because it means it's cold. And it comes and goes, yeah, I'm getting close. Because snow comes. And then I know that during the winter or the beginning early stages of winter, there is a time when I am out of school that's near a holiday, and it's called Christmas. This is a great time for someone to give me $10,000. Any time is a great time for someone to give me $10,000. But you, you, you look, and all of a sudden you go, well, I have a hope of what's coming, and these are signs that that which I hope for is coming, so now these signs bring me encouragement, even if before these signs were unpleasant or even scary or freezing. But all of a sudden, because of the hope that you have, these signs change how you see them. Do we have any seniors in the house? All right. Get excited. You guys ready to graduate? Ready to be done with high school? How many of you freshmen are ready to be done with high school? Uh, a bunch of hands go up. All right. Yeah, so, so this has been a long time in coming, and you, you go through each year, and you're like, all right, yeah, there's one more, there's one more. As times go by, there's different mile markers, and some of them aren't even pleasant. I know I've talked to people who hate exams, who are excited for exams. Like, what? How do you hate exams and excited for exams? And they go, because these are the last ones. <laughs> because on the other side of exams is Freedom. <sighs> Lo and behold, I must take the test, and I need to pass, or I'm in trouble. But when the exam is over, freedom begins. And sometimes it's like, hey, it's freedom, it's Christmas break, and then they're like, no, I'm a senior. This is real freedom. Like, I don't have to go back to high school, and I get to decide that I want to go to college and subject myself to worse tests. But they're, they, they're looking and going, well, this is what's ahead. Therefore, when I see this sign, when I see this thing, it's no longer just about the exam. It's a promise of what comes afterwards. In the Bible, we are given many signs and said, all right, these things will come to pass. And when they do, in fact, we're going to go to Luke 21, 31. And I'm going to actually skip something too and go to another one. It says, so you 
Also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. In verse 28 of chapter of Luke 21, it's like four pages later in my notes. Sorry, sound guy. Um, now, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Jesus gives us a list of these different signs and goes, watch for these. When you do, know that your redemption, know that eternity with me partying is about to start. And if that doesn't make you excited, it's because you don't understand heaven. The last week of this series, we're going to talk about heaven and what the Bible says it's going to be like. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. If you miss one, I'm sorry. We do have a podcast. Go ahead and download whatever it is that you miss. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 14. These are a spot where Jesus goes through and lists a bunch of some of these signs that may not have been what you were originally excited for, but when you know that they mean the promise is coming close, these things bring encouragement and bring hope and bring a reminder to stand strong because the end is approaching. When a lot of times, I've, I've talked to so many seniors in the spring, and they look at me and they go, I am working so hard right now because I am putting out college applications, and they want to know my GPA, and they want to offer me a scholarship based on my GPA. And they go, now it's easy to remember to focus and to work hard on this because I can see the end in sight, but I am fighting because my freshman year, I was an idiot. My freshman year, I didn't care. I think this last year, I talked to three different people who were sitting here and frustrated because their freshman year, they got bad grades. And it brought their high school GPA down, and they're like, well, now this is affecting what scholarships I'm available for. And, but they say that my actions are now turning because I see and I recognize what's coming. And he goes, this is a chance to turn some of your actions and to be ready. Matthew 24, verse 3. And he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the close of the age? Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, before the, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So in this, there's a bunch of different signs, and I just want to talk about a few of these different signs, and going, these things Jesus said would come to pass before he returned. Are they coming to pass? And I think Jimmy Evans made a comment that you can go back to just about any generation, and you can find some of the signs. He goes, but he said, we're the only generation who can find all of the signs. But let's, let's take a look. Many will come in my name. Um, can you put up this, the first picture? 
See that guy? He says he's Jesus. His name is Sergei Anatolovich. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it gets really weird. He's Russian. But um, he has been claiming to be Jesus, claiming to be the second coming of Jesus, and he has attracted over 10,000 followers. So he's got 10,000 people that are walking around and are worshiping him because he claims that he is Jesus. And then we go, we can go over to, um, there's a long list. You can look it up. Um, don't look it up while I'm preaching, but you can look it up when you're at home. You can bust out your phone and go, people claiming to be Jesus. And you'll find lists and lists of different people. But here's another guy. This guy. Henry Cristo of Brazil has been traveling the world since the 1970s, speaking and claiming that he is the reincarnation of Christ. Um, and he's going around and has a bunch of people following him and believing that he is Jesus. And as I looked at this list on, online, I'm like, this is really like kind of sad, funny. But Jesus said that many will come in my name. And I was able to look up many. And I had Kendra look up and she found a ton of different people claiming that they are Jesus and trying to lead others astray. And as, as uh, we mentioned the first one, he, that one alone had 10,000 people that are following him. He goes, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Has anyone watched the news any time in the last year, two? Um, you can look on the news at about any time, and they're like, there's war over here. We think that there might be a war about to go over here. We're afraid that Iran's about to go nuclear, and we think that Israel might blow them off the map, and we're just waiting for this to explode over here. And then we think that there might be a war over here, and it's constantly going. In fact, just in the last two years, I think there's been seven or eight different wars that are listed. They're like, oh, look, this year, they're like, there's a, there's a war in Liberia. There's a war in Donbass. There's a war in Iraq. There's a war in Israel, as Israel was being blasted from Gaza, and then they started blasting back, and um, just the, the mess that's, that's been going on all throughout the Middle East, and then we've got the whole deal with ISIS, where they've been trying to take out different cities and trying to unite the, um, the Muslims around the world, and they're, they're coming down and starting lots of wars, and yeah, literally wars, and they've got we're now involved, and there's a bunch of people involved, as there's war after war and rumor and rumors and more rumors of wars that are about to take place. Um, then you go through and go famines. Yep, there's been, there's been famines in 2011, 2012. There was a, a, a large famine in East Africa that, through a drought that just was devastating um, in 2012, and they're talking about different stuff around the world with famines. Earthquakes. This is something that's been funny because natural disasters have been happening for a long time. Um, but I, I asked Kendra, I said, can you find me a list of what earthquakes have happened in the last year or two? And she did better. She found me um, stats on how often earthquakes occur. The number of earthquakes has increased dramatically over the past few years within Central and Eastern United States. Nearly 450 earthquakes of the magnitude of three um, and larger occurred in the four years from 2010 to 2013. Over 100 per year on average. 
compared with the average rate of 20 earthquakes per year observed from 1970 to 2000. Said in the last few years, the number of small earthquakes or number of earthquakes above three has increased five times over. He goes, you know, in the end that there'll be earthquakes. In fact, it says that on the, uh, the average rate of large earthquakes, a magnitude of seven has been 10 per year since 1979. The study reports that the rate rose to 12 and a half per year starting in 1992, then jumped to 16.7 per year starting in 2010, a 65% increase compared to the rate from 1979. This increase accelerated in the first three months of 2014 to more than double the average since 1979. He goes through and says that in the end. Before the end comes, these signs will let you know that you are getting close to the end. And you look at them and you go, well, that's happening, and that's happening. And you go, deliver you up to tribulation. Um, I, was, I was just listening and getting some different stuff, and some of it came from ISIS. As I was going, you know, hey, is there people being delivered up? Is there tribulation right now? In the Middle East, um, there is, there's been persecution has kind of been constant against the Christians. I looked up a couple years ago the average rate, and they said, uh, on average, someone gives their life for their Christian faith every five minutes um, to the world. Now that's a couple years old. I don't know the exact stats today, but ISIS has been. Um, Famous, one of the things that they're famous for is executing Christians. And they go, he says that in the, the days that he is going to come, that people, that there will be tribulation and persecution. Around the world, there's persecution. Just because we haven't seen people in the United States being um, beheaded does not mean that there's not persecution in the world for Christians. And a lot of times it's very easy to put ourselves in a bubble and to assume that the world revolves around our bubble. I'm going to go, well, I haven't seen this here, therefore it doesn't count. That's not true. The world is larger than the United States. And to realize that the persecution that he's speaking of is happening around the world, you go, well, is anything happening here? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just looked up a little bit of stuff um, there was a, a pastor arrested in, in fact, I guess he was the American pastor, but he was in London, arrested for reading the Bible um, out loud, and they said that he was disturbing, they, they came up with some bogus stuff, but he got arrested because he was reading um, the Bible out loud, and they heard him, and they decided that it was... Uh, different hate speech. There was another fellow who was, was teaching outside of the, um, the Wimbledon, Wimbledon uh, Tennis Championship. And as he was teaching, he was talking about sexual morality and he listed a bunch of, bunch of things. In amongst it, they, he listed the homosexual lifestyle that the Bible declares that it is wrong, just like having sex um, in any form outside of between a man and his wife. And they arrested him for hate speech. 
Um, there's been a Canadian pastor been arrested for similar stuff, and they are they are creating. Um, even in America, there is a spirit that is against Jesus, that is against standing for truth, and that goes. Um, and the world will tell you that we just don't like Christians because they're intolerant. And you look at them and you're like, you're a hypocrite. Because you're mad that we don't agree with you. Well, we can sit here and go, if you ask us, go, hey, you know what? No. Sex is for inside of marriage. The Bible says it very clear. It defines sexual immorality as sex outside of being between a man and his wife. And you go with a man and someone else's wife. You go between... To people that aren't married, you go between two men, two girls. It doesn't matter. It's sex outside of what God defined it as. Therefore, the Bible defines it as sexual morality. And the Bible tells us very clearly to flee sexual morality. And that's another message. I could teach on that. That'd be another message. But this is the point. Our nation is turning from going, hey, we just want to sin, to going, if you disagree with us, we're going to call you, we're going to be intolerant of you and your intolerance. While you were passively being intolerant, not approving of our behavior, we're going to come after you for disagreeing with us. And we're going to say that you can't just, dis you can't just not affirm us, you have to affirm us or you're wrong. That doesn't sound good. All right, hopefully my mic continues to work. Uh, but they go through this, and he goes, there's persecution. At this point, it is not, um, there's not many being arrested for it. There's not people being executed for it. But they are creating a culture that says, if you stand for truth, they want to persecute you. They want to to ostracize you. They want to push you out and they want to call you um, a bigot. They want to call you, the, they want to say that you're intolerant and they want to say that you're all these different things and you look at them and you're like, who is being intolerant? I lovingly told you, you asked, you know, do I agree with you? And I, I think it was funny when, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, about a year ago, two years ago, the Duck Dynasty guys, they came up to Phil and they're like, Phil, what do you think about homosexuals? Think it's wrong. Bible says it's wrong. I agree with the Bible. And they just painted him like he was an evil person. You asked him a question, and then you call him intolerant. Who's intolerant? The person who waited until he was asked, or the person who asked a question to try to jump down someone's throat and to try to push them out. That would state that it's not the Christian that's intolerant, but the world. As they are trying to push out things. And I, and I swear, so I'm like, all right, so, so this, these, 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 these five have happened. It says lawlessness, lawlessness will increase. I'm like, well, how hard do you have to look around to figure out that lawlessness is increasing? How far do you have to look around? Like, I don't even know if I need to give any examples. Just walk through your school hallway. And you look. And you're like, have, and it may be getting better now because it's getting cold, so girls don't look like they're dressing to sell themselves. But you just walk through your school and you look and you go, there, people are 
people's language is horrible. They're disrespect. They have no respect for rules, for authority. You know, they've got people that are sexually immoral in the hall, in the class. Like, you don't have to be, I don't need to haul up a whole lot for a case to go. The lawlessness is increasing, but what's shocking to me is how many people are sucked in because their concept of normal has been skewed by the increase of lawlessness. They, and they'll look at you and they'll say, well, everybody does this. Well, I'm not as bad as, and they, they go through and they look and they go, well, this is what they're doing, so that means that I can do this and be acceptable because I'm not as bad as them. And then you go, well, where did God say that you can do as long as you're one step behind them? And, and there's this lawlessness that's increasing that has cooled so many hearts. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who've come to me going, well, I thought that the Bible said this, but they were all doing and saying this, so I joined them. So I went along with it because they said that the Bible didn't really say that. Hmm. And, uh, but the Bible is very clear. And he says that the law, because the lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. It's the wrong time to grow cold. Do anyone recognize this? For those who don't know this game, or this sound that makes you nervous, um, it's catchphrase. Um, and no, it's not, it's not spaghetti. Um, but how this game works, you have two teams, you divide into two teams, and one person from, a, from one of the teams looks at it, it comes up with a word over here and tries to get everybody to guess that word. If they guess the word, they pass it to the person next to them. Oh, it's getting closer. But this ticking, or the version I have at home beeps, gets closer and closer. And eventually, there'll be a buzz. There'll be a stop. When that happens, whoever has it loses. How, how long is it going to be? I don't know. There. That was it. That clicking drives some people crazy. Did I get, it, it's get, well, how long is it, do you have? I don't know, but it's clicking faster now. How much faster does it go? I don't know, but it's going faster now. When is Jesus coming back? I don't know, but it's clicking faster now. When we look at these signs, we can look at them and we can see the increase in them. And he goes, these are but the beginnings of birth pains. Um, birth pains are horrible. Uh, not that I've actually experienced them myself. Um, anything I've given birth to has been brown and I got rid of it quickly. Um, the, uh, no, my wife, um, we've, we've got... She's given birth to two little boys, and we're looking forward to meeting our third, not looking forward to the process in which you get to meet the third, uh, because it starts, and a woman will have a contraction. You go, are you about to have a baby? I don't know. My stomach just tightened and got really hard and was unpleasant. And if the girl has a contraction, they don't worry about it. They say, are you having contractions, plural? If you're having a contract, if you had a contraction, 
good for you. Your, your stomach is getting ready and it's getting in better shape to do what it needs to do when it needs to do it. If you're having contractions, if these signs are coming repetitively, they'll tell you, time them. How long do they last? And how frequent are they coming? If they're not coming very frequently, if you're like, oh, they're coming every 15 minutes, they'll say, lay down. Take a shower. Relax. They keep coming. Keep timing them. Let us know when they get close together. And you're like, but they... Okay, if you've ever been next to a lady in labor, it hurts! And they're like yelling and screaming. And you're like, what can I do? Like a lot of times you can be the man and you can be a hero and you can step up and you can help them. This is one of those times where you're like, I love you! <laughs> twitter, 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 twitter. Like there's not a whole lot you can do. And I, like the one... And our first one, my wife had really bad back labor, so she's like, push on my back. Like, okay, push on her back. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm pushing on her back. Why? She told me to, and she's screaming, and there's nothing else I can do to help. So, um, But you time them and time them, and when they start getting really close, they're like, hey, they're, they're five minutes apart. Hey, they're, they're two minutes apart. Then they go, okay, well, come on into the hospital. Baby's going to show up. And, and you go to the hospital, and then they, they check in. They're like, all right, well, they're two minutes apart, and you there's not this formula. They don't look at you and go, well, your contractions are two minutes apart, so the baby will come in one hour and 52 minutes. They look at you and go, baby's coming. Cool. And they'll check you. And you're like, well, are you dilated? Are you in this? And they'll go do all these little different little tests, you know, try to figure out how far you've got. You know what they know? The baby's coming. When's it going to come out? Don't know. Talk to moms. Ask them, how long were you in labor? It's like their, their chance to tell battle stories. Like, well... Back when I hit my third one, I was like, <laughs> and they'll, they'll go through, and they're not going to forget it. They, they kind of forget it. There's this, like, supernatural amnesia. Talk to moms, most of them, while they're pregnant or when they're going through labor. They're like, I'm never having another kid in my life. And then, like, six months later, eight months later, they're finally sleeping through the night, and they're like, they're so cute. What are we going to name the next one? You're like, what? Next one? You just said you were never going to have another one. Um, so there's a kind of supernatural forgetting that God gives them so that there's more people on the earth. Otherwise, we, mankind would have stopped. Um, but in, in this, they don't, you talk to, as you talk to a mom, they'll go through and they'll say, well, with this one, like with our first, my wife was in labor for 55 hours. With our second one, in, see, was, what was it, 10 or 11 o'clock, she started timing contractions. At home, she started having contractions, and I'm like, they're just warm-up contractions. They're practice. We have two months before the baby's due. I'm like, lay down. Go to sleep. I lay down. She all turns on the light. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm timing them. I'm like trying to sleep. I'm like, ah, can't sleep with her yelling. <laughs> it was a Saturday night. I'm like, I got to preach in the morning. And then she's like, they're getting close. I need to call the doctor. I'm like, all right, call the doctor. Doc calls the doctor, and it's like, 11 o'clock at night, so they're like, well, the doctor will call you back. You're like, well, all right. And we're waiting, and I'm all like, all right, wait, we're going to wait till the doctor calls. And she's like, they're getting closer, they're getting closer, they're getting closer, we're going to the hospital. We're going to the hospital. And so, <laughs> get in the car, well, first, we decided we were going to go to the hospital. We had to find somebody. We have another kid at home, so we can't just, like, don't want to grab him in the middle of the night, take him, yank him to the hospital. What are you doing? Are you going to the hospital? What? Like, two-year-old, or, I know he's two-year-old, he's like 16 months old. Um, not a very 
pleasant thing to wake up in the middle of the night. So we, we called a friend, called actually a ground floor leader, and they came over and um, stayed at the house. And we're like, oh, we're going to be gone for a couple hours. You know, we're going to go down. They're going to give her some shots, going to stop things, and we'll come home and go back to bed. And so we get there. Bef- uh, before we get there, finally, as we're on the way, the doctor calls back. and It's like, oh, so what's going on? Like, oh, contractions are two minutes apart, lasting a minute. We'll go to the hospital. We're almost there. All right, cool. So we, we get in there. When we walk in, they're like, well, do you want to push? What? No, I don't want to push. This baby's supposed to stay in for two more months. Uh, baby's ready to come out. Go ahead and push. Shut up. <laughs> and so um, they went an interesting conversation. Because if you find a girl that's really kind and gentle and loving, that's them normally. Labor does not count. <laughs> um, so she was very much, no. And, and then we had a doctor that was not very smart. He, like he passed tests, but he just, he didn't understand life and women. Um, and uh, he almost got shot, but uh, <laughs> I didn't bring a gun, neither did my wife, which was good. Otherwise, he might have got shot as he kept coming in. Push, he put on, like, this whole, like, catcher's uniform, like a big mask so that he wouldn't get, like, spray. It was hilarious. And he'd come in, like, what are you doing? Ready to catch. We're holding the baby in. We don't want to have the baby now. Well, and he'd just sit there. Then he comes in the one time. He's like, well, the baby's heart rate went up. I mean, like, five minutes ago. Yeah. He needs back down. Yeah. So you want her to push to fix a problem that's already fixed? Yeah. Go away. And so, but in like a two-hour span, she was ready to push out the baby and was trying to hold it in. They told you every hour counts. And finally, we got a doctor who knew something that showed up and it's like, try to hold the baby in for 12 hours. We're going to try to give you a steroid that'll help develop their lungs so that your baby is ready to breathe when they come out, seeing as they have, um, supposed to have two more months to work on that. And so we took that as long as we could before the baby was no longer able to stay in and came and joined the world. And we have a wonderful Ezekiel. But in two hours, she was ready. The time before is 55 hours. So when you have the first contraction, how long do you have? Don't know. So if we're seeing these signs that Jesus said will come to pass as the end gets close, how long do we have? I don't know. Their birth pains. I think he used that on purpose because it's like this crazy, dreaded, wonderful thing. You're like, the pain, not that the pain's wonderful, but you talk to a pregnant lady, they're looking forward to, to having a baby. They're not dreading it, though it's going to be like the most miserable experience of their entire life, but they're excited. You're like, Does that even make sense? No. You're about to go through pain for hours. I can't wait to have the baby. Well, yeah, because of the joy that's set before them on the other side, because they know that on the other side of the contractions, on the other side of the pushing, is their baby. And they're so excited. And he goes through and says that these are the beginnings of birth pain. So sure, maybe they're, some of them are unpleasant. They're not the things you'd look forward to. It's not like, what do you want to do today? I want there to be a war. Like, no, if you say that, that's messed up. Um, But he goes through and says, but these are the signs. He goes, when you see these things, lift your heads because your redemption draws near. There's a lot of people who want to get stuff right later. And I have a lot more notes. We'll have fun. I didn't even get to talk about that. Oh, man. (laughs) There's there's a couple more signs that are mentioned that are really, really cool. Uh, Two more signs in 30 seconds. Okay, so 
he said, um, we are told in Revelations that there's going to be two witnesses in Jerusalem that are going to speak. And he goes through, and there's a lot to the story, and I can't go through it all in 30 seconds. But that they will be killed and that the entire world will watch. Do you realize that that was not even possible until the 1990s? I guess there was, there was one global news station that started on eight, September 1st of 1985, but it didn't become big until the early 90s. That it, until then, it wasn't possible for something to happen in Israel and for the entire, nation, the entire world to watch. He goes, he stated this thousands of years ago, and it wasn't possible until the last few years. He went through, and, and it talks, and anyone ever heard, anyone heard about the blood moons? Hey, a bunch of you guys are like, yeah, there's so much going on about the blood moons. What is going on about the blood moons? All right, so in my 30-second version, there's a, there was a prophecy in Joel that says that before the return of the Lord, before the awesome day of the Lord, that the moon would turn to blood. And people are like, what does that mean? And, and in fact, this year and next year, there is four full blood moons back to back. A blood moon is a complete lunar eclipse where the earth gets in between the sun and the moon just right and the way the light comes around it, it turns the moon red. There is four of them back to back full, which is abnormal to start with. Not only is there four back to back six months intervals, they land on Jewish feasts this year and next year. And they go, when, when it's talking about being significant, you go, you go, does that mean that Jesus is coming this year? I don't know when he's coming. It means that the signs are getting closer, the contractions are getting stronger and getting closer. How long does that mean you got? I don't know. With, they, they gave us a due date for, for Titus. They're like, he's going to come March 1st. You're like, probably not. Like, when's he going to come? My best guess, probably a week before that. Do I know? Nope. When she has a contraction, will you know? Nope. With Benaiah, she was having contractions for three days straight. And then off for a little bit before that, she had a bunch on the Wednesday. Like, it was, when is it coming? I don't know, but I know the signs are getting closer. In my last verse, I promise I'm finishing right here. Hebrews 9.28. So Christ, having been offered once, to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. He goes, he's going to appear to save those eagerly waiting for him. Is that you? Are you eagerly waiting for him? Are you ready? Or have you been going, it doesn't matter, I've got longer, I'll get it right when I'm older. I can't tell you the day and the hour. I can't set up a stopwatch up here and go, hey, guys, here's how long you have. Have fun, get it right, fix it, repent. Here comes Jesus. All I can tell you is he's coming soon. Are you ready? We'll have some fun in the next couple of weeks. It's, I, I'm very excited for this series. I have way, way too much content, and we're going to try to fit a lot in. But he's coming are you ready? They, he prophesied that these things would come to pass as markers to let you know the time is coming close. 
I believe this is a great time to get ready, to be ready if you're not already. Can everyone bow your heads and close your eyes? If you say, today, I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want him to come in and to wash away my sins. I want to know that I'm right with God and on my way to heaven, that I'm ready for his return, that I am living for him and not waiting any longer. If that's you, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Raise your hands up nice and high. So that's me. I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want to know that I'm right with God and I'm on my way to heaven. Awesome. Anyone else? So that's me. All right. We're going to say a simple prayer. If you raised your hand, if you said, you know what? I need to make that decision. I'm going to ask that you go ahead and repeat it for me. Or if you've already done this, if you say, I'm ready. This is, this is good news for me because I'm ready for his return. Then go ahead and join us as we declare him to be Lord of our lives. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, amazing.